when you're up against a hostile room of people who don't want to be there, you need real strategies that get results. Welcome to From Hostage to Hero, the show that gives you practical advice you can use right now in the courtroom, boardroom, or classroom. Learn how to move your unwilling audience to one that is invested in what you're saying, eager to participate, and engaged in the process. Learn from the attorney whisperer herself, your host, Sari Delamont. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Hostage to Hero. Sari Delamont here, attorney whisperer. How y'all doing? Uh, it's been a while, well, maybe a couple episodes <laughs> since I asked, but if you have not reviewed the From Hostage to Hero book, or if for Christ's sakes you haven't read the From Hostage to Hero book, go get a copy. You can do it at fromhostagetohero.com or you can get your copy at Trial Guides. And once you've read it, or if you've already read it, give me a review, okay? I think I'm second highest reviewed, maybe third in there already. But, you know, as vain as it is, I want to see those reviews in there. And give me a review here on the podcast. I do so much for y'all. Would you do some for me? Uh, by the way, we have a course slash membership coming soon. So keep your ears open. Um, we will not be opening all the time, meaning it'll be a limited open and then you'll have to wait three or four months to get open again. And every time it opens, it's going to be more expensive. So you're going to want to get in the first time. And what do you, what do I mean by membership? Well, we're going to have case workshops. We're going to have live training. We're going to have guest webinars. We're going to have Wadir circles. What's a Wadir circle where well, you're going to find out my friends. We're going to have, um, video review. We're going to have all kinds of shit in there. If you want to become a nonverbal from hostage to hero master, you're going to want to get in this membership once we offer it. If you want to get on the wait list, go to from hostage to hero.com and you'll be one of the first to find out when it opens. All right. That's my announcements for today. And um, today's the third uh, episode in our series of really stopping the concept or holding your client as broken empowering them instead, which brings us now to the concept of boundaries and why they are so important. So this came out of years and years of seeing y'all tear yourselves up when you lose, okay? And not only that, when I ask you why you became a trial attorney or, or what it is that's important to you, I hear so many things that are just plain fucked up that I felt I needed to come in and set the record straight, okay? You all know I stand for you and I put a stake in the ground where you're concerned and when I see you believe in fucked up shit, I'm not going to stand for it because I know it hurts you and more than that, it hurts your clients and uh, I don't want any of that shit happening. So what do I mean by fucked up beliefs? Well, the fact that you believe, and I've had many of you say this, I mean, word for word, what I'm about to say, that you are the client's last and only hope. Hell no. Hell fucking no. You are not, you are not their savior. You are not the be all end all. I'm sorry to have to tell you this because you know I'm your biggest fan and I love you guys. And my whole concept is recognize how great you are and your amazingness. And that's what's going to win in the courtroom. And I still believe that. Okay, I do. You are amazing. So let's just just agree. You're amazing. 
you're amazing, but you are not the be all end all. And the minute you put yourself in that position, we have got a boundary problem, okay? When you, and this is how this is all connected, when you hold your client as broken, you then, and again, if you don't know what the hell I'm talking about, go back two episodes, start there, listen to the first two in this series, and then come back to this one. But when you hold your client as broken, that necessarily means, it does, that you now become the fixer. And that you believe the only way to fix this is if you win at trial. And if you don't win at trial, then you've totally, utterly failed. Your client's life is going to go down the fucking tubes. And you are a horrible, mangy, awful, terrible person, trial lawyer, whatever. Now, outside of how horrible that that feels at the end, it not only creates havoc there, it creates havoc through the whole process. And it creates havoc through your whole life. So many of you cannot sleep. You overdrink. You overeat. You're not taking care of yourself. You're stressed beyond belief. Why? Because of this. Because it comes down to this one idea that if you don't fucking get this right, then your client is totally fucked. There's a lot of F words in today's episode. And that's just not true. And until we get clear on what is true and set up some boundaries, you are not going to have success in court and in life. All right. So let's talk about this. Now, if you buy my premise that the client, your client is not broken, that they are whole and perfect as they are today after the injury, because they are. They are human being and they are perfect and whole. Their body may not work the way that it, it used to. Their brain may not work the way it used to, but they themselves are perfect and whole. Then the whole game changes. The whole game changes. It changes for your client, which is what the last uh, episode was about, because they begin to reclaim their identity, but it also changes for you. I want to take you back to why you are in this work. Most of you are in this work because you want to help people. And that that shows up in different ways. You want to actually want to help the clients, okay? You want to help them recover both emotionally, mentally, and comp- and compensation-wise. Um, but you also want to help in terms of keeping our community safer. And you want to help by creating the world that we want to live in and not letting corporations get away with hurting people um, or, or um, police hurting our, the civilians or whatever kind of work that you engage in. You're in it because you want to make a difference. And so can we just for fucking once divorce that from a verdict? Can you see that you can do that regardless of what the hell the jury decides? I I just wanted, I just want to create a boundary right here that whatever the jury decides has zero bearing on what you have control over and what impact you can have in both the client's life and the community at large. Now, let's take a look at this. If you go back and listen to the last episode, you know that what clients really need isn't money, it's healing. And what they need to heal, again, is not money, but it's to reclaim their identity and recognize they have purpose and meaning in the world. You can help them do that 
by being one of the few people in their worlds that sees them as perfect and whole as they are now post-injury. Do you see how a verdict or a lack of a verdict has absolutely zero effect on that? A verdict is what the jury thinks about your client. Let me say that again. A verdict is what the jury thinks about your client. It's not what you think about your client, and it's certainly not what your client needs to think about themselves. But when you put so much importance on the verdict, you are teaching your client to say to think that's what's important. What they think about you should define how you think about yourself. Now, I know most of you would never, ever actually believe that to be true, but I want you to see that how you hold all of this has an effect on yourself and your client. Today is really about yourself, about how, how this really affects you. So take the verdict off the table for a moment. If you got in this to help your clients, you can do that by actually helping them and seeing them as whole and perfect. And that's the last episode I was about. If you're in this to create a safe community, a safer community, a better community, do you see how a verdict also has zero to do with that? Just by going to trial, you are showing the corporations and the insurance companies of the world that you are not going to fucking give up, that you are not regardless of what the fucking jury decides. You are not going to let them off the hook. You are going to bring them to account every single goddamn fucking time. Sorry, I'm just really fired up about this. That has nothing to do with the verdict. Is the verdict going to help with that? Yes. Is it the cherry on the Sunday? Yes. But your work, my friends, is in the bringing them to account is to requiring that they speak for themselves and give them and tell everybody why they did what they did. What the jury decides is a separate issue altogether. Because here's the problem is that you guys have no boundaries around this. You swoop in, you take this broken client, you think it's their, your job to fix them and you become their savior and you wreak havoc on your health and, 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 and your ability to remain present and do your job, and then you take it to trial and you don't get the verdict and you think the whole thing has gone to hell in a handbasket and none of it was worth nothing. You're missing all of it. You're missing all of it. Your ability to help your client, your ability to hold people to account and change the world in which we live in. Listen, the verdict is one tiny slice of this. So, when we're talking about boundaries, you're like, wait a minute, we just went way off boundaries. What the hell are you talking about? I am going to suggest that y'all need to have a lot clear boundaries. Because when you have this thought pattern, a couple of thought patterns here, um, I'm my, my client's last hope. I need to save them. This is all on my shoulders. This is, you know, um, I, I've got to put all of this energy and effort in or else... This causes you to do a lot of stupid shit. It causes you to work way longer hours than you need to. It causes you to do way too much work. It causes you to take your client phone calls and other phone calls at all hours of the day, no matter what it is that you're doing. It causes you to 
take a settlement offer because of your fear of going to trial when you know that trial was the right thing to do. Trial isn't always the right thing to do. Don't put words in my mouth. I hear you. I hear you over here. I'm just saying when trial was the right thing to do, it causes you to take a settlement offer because you're scared. It causes you to do all kinds of things when you have and hold these thought patterns. So let's put some boundaries around this. Now, we can use the From Hostage to Hero method to help us here. Now, those of you familiar with the method, there are four steps in the method. The first one, the way we help jurors to uh, release their hostageness and move toward hero is to provide safety. Okay, so we have to communicate to the jurors, we are safe and steady presence, you can trust and believe in me. So my question to you is, as you start to set your boundaries, what is going to help you feel safe and secure? Now, it's a personal question. So there might be certain clients that you can't work with because you know you will take on too much or it is too triggering or you can't handle that type of client because you're going to get too angry or whatever. Guess what? You get to decide. You don't have to help everybody. In fact, it's your job to decide how you do your best work because that's what you owe the world. Your perfect clients are out there waiting for you. There are some clients that other attorneys could never work with that you are perfect for. And you might think, well, sorry, I don't have the opportunity or to pick and choose my clients. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You know, I used to sell uh, packages of sessions and they were fairly cheap, <laughs> I might say. And I hated working that way. I, we'd lose momentum between or a case would settle and then we'd have all these sessions on the books that we had to keep track of. And I thought, fuck it. I'm done with this. And so I said to my assistant, I, I need to be in person with people. <laughs> COVID has changed that. But which means not only I'm going to have to charge more and I need juries because that's really where my best work is. Nonverbals and juries. So what does that mean? Well, my price got times by probably 100%, <laughs> way more. And people had to fly out to see me. Do you think I was scared to, make, to draw that boundary in my life? Oh, hell yeah, I was scared. I mean, I'm going to charge a lot, 10 times more, actually, than what I normally charge. 10 times more, not double, 10 times. And people would have to fly out to see me. I made the change and I had more work than I knew what to do with. Why? Because I was doing my best work. You get to decide. You get to decide what your best work is, what makes you feel your best, your most safest and secure self. Which brings us to engagement, which is the second step in the From Hostage to Hero method, is once you get jurors feeling safe, and then you get them engaging with you and the content and with each other, and that's going to create another level of permission. So you've got to engage with you. I mean, I think most people have never even asked themselves, you know, what is it that I need? What is it that I want? What is my dream? We talked about that the last podcast. Most, people, most of you have never even asked yourself that. What is the kind of life that I want to live? So many of you are convinced that to be a trial lawyer means X. Oh, this is just how it is. We all work 80 hours a week. Or we all work 100 hours a week. We always work weekends. We always miss our kids' events. That's just how it is. Bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that. It doesn't have to be that way. You can decide how you want this to be. You can say, well, I'm working in a firm and I, well, then go work for yourself. Oh, I couldn't do that. Well, okay, fine. Then you're choosing that. 
Stop blaming somebody else. You can decide. So start engaging with yourself. Start asking yourself these questions. These are important questions. How do you work? What clients do you love serving? What do you want your life to look like? Which brings us to the third step, which is commitment. Once we get jurors feeling safe and we're engaging them with the content, then we give our opening statement and get them committed. What are you committed to? When we're starting talking about boundaries, what are your values? What is it that you are really willing to draw the line on? You know, for me, I don't even look at email or take phone calls after 530. That's time with my kid and my husband, period, end of story. I'm not saying that has to be the same for you. But I'll tell you right now, when you start to have some boundaries around your work and with your clients, you will start to recognize, A, that life gets a lot easier and better, and B, that you are now doing better work. So many of you, when I say, when do you see clients or when you take client calls, most of you go, well, all the time. I go, what? How does that work? Go back to the podcast episode, my time management one. It was like four or five episodes ago. I talk a lot about doing work when you have the right energy for it. Y'all need to be doing that yourself. There are times when it's great for you to be writing motions and briefs. And there are other times where it's great for you to be managing clients and doing intakes. You need to decide when that is. Why? Out of all the professions in the world, you guys need to manage your energy better than anyone. But most of the people that I see in this world have no idea how to manage their energy. You guys just kind of just do whatever, whenever, and it's just a big fucking free-for-all. Listen, you are helpers. You're in the helping profession, and this work takes a lot out of you. You must have strong boundaries. You must protect your personal time. You must protect your health. You must protect your family and friend relationships. Why? Because you are no use to anybody when you are depleted, you have no community of support, you have no time for yourself, you have no health. I mean, it's just ridiculous. Listen, if you want to be an excellent trial attorney, you've got to have some boundaries, which brings us to action. That's the fourth step in the From Hostage to Hero Method. Once jurors are committed, then they need to be empowered to take action. So once you decide what your boundaries are, you've got to really hold them. That's the action in peace. You have to get good at telling your paralegal or your secretary, I don't take calls from one to three every day. That's my time to either work out, recharge, uh, write briefs, uh, listen to CLE, whatever. Maybe that's your, your self-development time. I'm making this up. Again, for you, it could be something different. But you need to hold those boundaries because you know what that does? That allows you to be the best trial attorney that you can be. And not only does having boundaries help you, it helps your clients. It helps your kids. It helps your paralegal. It helps other people have boundaries. All this messiness isn't serving anyone. But it all begins with the idea, (laughs) the number one boundary that I hope you get, which is you are not the savior of your clients. You are not. You know, the juror that we all like roll our eyes at, you know the juror I'm talking about, the juror that's the one that says, well, my uncle lost his leg and nobody ever gave him anything. We can learn a lot from that juror right now. You know how? That juror proves that there are people who are injured who never even went to trial 
who never even brought it before a jury, which means they never even got money and they survived. I know that it's easy to think if you don't get this right, you're going to fuck your client's life up forever. It's just not true. It just isn't. People throughout the world have had to deal with some pretty shitty circumstances and many of them don't even have the option of bringing it to trial. As I've said, money doesn't heal, my friends. Would it be great if we get a verdict for our client? Yes. Will it hold people responsible more than just taking it to trial? Yes. But those are just bonuses. They are not the goal. And the minute that you make that the goal, that's your first boundary that you have lowered or removed. And that's the first boundary that needs to be up. You are limited, my friend, in how that ends up playing out. Get your boundaries and your priorities correct. What can you do? You can see your client as whole. You can refuse to hold them as broken. You can help them reclaim their identity. You can hold people to account. That's what you can do. And to do those things, you need to be in good health with a good support system, learning all you can, setting aside time for learning, having boundaries around your time and when you will take calls and when you won't, and living a happy, fulfilled life, which is why I spent so much time on this shit. Because it serves no one when you think you're the be-all, end-all, and you're the savior of these clients, and you run yourself into the fucking ground. It serves no one. It serves, doesn't serve you, doesn't serve the client, doesn't serve the jury. So this ends my three-episode rant of how to stop the madness. You guys are amazing, but you're not miracle workers. Focus on what you can. Have some strong boundaries. By deciding what keeps you safe and secure, you know I'm not all about safety. I don't mean safety like not taking risks. I mean what grounds you by engaging with yourself, making some commitments, and then actually holding those commitments by taking action on them. Stop seeing your client as broken. Empower them and empower yourself. That's where all the good stuff lies. I'm here to help. I'm here to help. So much of this is mindset. You want to come out and work with me on nonverbals? I'm here for that too. But right now in this podcast, get your mind right. All right. Talk soon. That's it for this episode of From Hostage to Hero. But head to our website, sorrydlm.com, for other must-have resources from Sorry Delamart. Read the transcript of this podcast, watch trial tip videos, or download your free copy of Sorry's article, Why Jurors Hate the Hobby Question. We're glad you joined us today. And until next time, remember that to lead a hostage to freedom, you must first free yourself.